Welcome to the Blends, Breaks, and Blends that Shape Our Future podcast. I am your host, Troy Rice. Creativity is often taught as a solo practice, and therefore a person that is good at drawing or music is said to be creative. But creativity for kids as well as adults is not limited to the creative arts. Most things we value in life today did not derive from an original idea, but rather concepts that have been blended, broken, or blended. A result from disciplined focus, connecting big picture insights with rigor and testing and small variations. This podcast is to inspire you to create your future, a future you can be proud to live in. On this podcast, you will learn creative practices, stories from creatives themselves, and creativity and history. Looking to get started with an idea? Visit troyrice.life and join a creativity group sharing your idea for thoughtful and rapid feedback to help you create your future. All right, now go blend, break, and blend our world, your world. Enjoy the show. All right, welcome to the Bends, Breaks, and Blends that Shape Our Future podcast. I am your host, Troy Rice. On today's show, we have a creative photographer, Daniel Kessel. Daniel is a creative photographer specializing in light painting. Daniel and his wife, Cassandra, are the founders of Alienated Productions. Together, they have received numerous awards, such as Sony Photography Awards, been featured in Bozeman and Fever Dream magazines, and are the exclusive photographers for Billings, Montana radio stations. Daniel, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. All right. So the first question we ask all our guests is, what does creativity mean to you? Um, creativity. So to me, I think it's like, I think it's like one of the purest expressions of the human soul. I think basically to be a human is to be curious about the world. It's to explore it. And through exploring the world, we learn more about the world than our, the world in ourselves as well. So I think it's like a personal drive of whatever you want to say. I say soul to mean the truest expression of yourself. Um, that can, to some people that means like a spirit or a soul or your truest personality. Take that to mean whatever you want. But I mean, it's deep down rooted in our core as human beings. I think we have this need to explore the world and learn about the world in ourselves. And I think creativity is a way that we go about doing that in many different forms, like artistically. Um, there's many forms of creativity, but that's what it means to me, I guess. Yeah, beautiful, man. Awesome. So so where did this start for you? Uh, where, go back as far as you need to go, but where does creativity start for you? And then take us through the journey to what you do now. Um, so I guess starting out, as a kid, I was pretty creative. Um, just like like I said, I think it's a basic human instinct, but some people are, there's a slider or a spectrum. Some people are a little more creative naturally or they nurture that and become more creative by pursuing things that express their creativity. It's like a muscle. You can train yourself to be creative more and more by pursuing different things. So. I naturally was a pretty creative, curious um, individual. Um, I was very curious and uh, I wanted to learn about the world, about myself. And I guess what I started out with that um, a lot of kids did, but I played with Legos and I absolutely love Legos. And I think it's a great creative toy. Like 
you can imagine in your mind anything you want to create, and then you can go about and create that with all the the tools that are uh, given to you with Legos. So I was obsessed with Legos, and a lot of my childhood was spent um, uh, playing with Legos. And I also was uh, very drawn to artistic things. So I love sketching, I love painting, um, and writing as well. So those are some avenues that early on I used to express and pursue my creativity. Um, moving on through my life, I guess, um, that kind of continued through high school, my interest with uh mainly sketching and painting that was something i continued to do um and then the thing that changed my life was my introduction to cameras so early on, or uh in the middle of high school my mom purchased just it's a call, called a canon power shot it was just a basic digital camera back in the day but as soon as i you know picked that up and started taking photos i was so hooked i just thought the ability to capture, like look through the lens and capture an image that you personally see and share that vision with others was really beautiful. Um, and so I started, as soon as I'd get off school, I would rush home and I would spend, you know, until supper time taking photos, driving out in the country, taking photos, and I loved it. Um, and, you know, I continued that for about a year, but when I went off to college, I got just super busy with other stuff and I kind of let that go. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I guess during college, I, I was expressing my creativity through, you know, the projects I do, through reading, exploring different things and writing a lot. But I guess more of the like artistic things I talk about, like with uh, drawing or painting or doing photography, those things I kind of put on hold. Um, and then, so I get through college and um, I was just paying off student loans, just working. And I just, I decided to buy myself a camera because I, I, I really missed it. And I just figured I'd delve right back into photography where I left off. And once I did, I was, you know, more hooked than I'd ever been on photo uh, photography. I, I loved it. And, you know, um, when I had a spare moment, I was thinking about photography, thinking about shots I could do, how to improve. And, you know, after work or when I had spare time, um, especially at night, because I like night photography, I would always head out and do photography. And um, so that's continued to today. I, I absolutely love photography. It's my number one passion. I'm always thinking about it. I'm always yes. doing photography. Um, and one thing that photography has got me into, at least digital photography, is um, more into digital editing. So a lot of people, you know, there's some purists who don't believe in editing a whole lot, but a lot of people nowadays use programs like Adobe programs to edit their photos. And so I got more and more um, interested in that, getting better at that. And so I started working with Photoshop and I do digital art now as well. So I do photography, but I also do lots of digital art as well. And those are the two main ways that I um, express my creativity these days is through digital imagery, like uh, photography and Photoshop art. 
Excellent. Excellent, man. So, so you said a couple of things in there that I want to dig into. So one of them is writing, uh, which is we, a lot of the guests we bring on here may or may not write, but a lot of them don't bring up writing as part of their creativity practices, but I am an avid journaler and writer as well. Um, so let's, let's dig into that. So how, what does writing look like to you? And like, how do you practice that? Is it, is it like a journal form or is it like creative storytelling? Like what is writing to you? Um, I guess uh, most importantly to me, it's a way that I I kind of just let my my brain or my soul speak onto, yeah. onto the paper. Um, I find it's a good way to sort through what you're thinking and like really put it down on paper, express your thoughts, go through what you're thinking or experiencing in life. And then you have that it's really fun to go back to to what you've written and like so it's guess I guess it's like journaling is yeah. journaling about your life uh things about your life and what you're feeling what you're going through but I also I really do enjoy uh writing like poems as well like mm. poetry um I don't do that a whole lot but I do enjoy doing that as well do you ever find like through your writing of your own personal thoughts that ideas come out of there for photography like different shots or different areas um absolutely so one thing I do uh regularly is I keep notes in my phone and so whenever I have an idea for photography or digital art I immediately put it in my notes and like uh expand on it too so I have just in case you know I might forget by any chance or it's a way to flesh out the idea so once I for some reason, once you start writing stuff down, it becomes easier to like kind of unfold that idea or un- unpack it a little more, just writing it down and going through the motion of writing. It's a good way to really dig through what you're feeling or thinking about, at least for me. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. So in in the uh, beginning there too, you also said there was a phase where you kind of put your creativity aside while you're in school and then you came back to it because you thought about it all day every day and, and now you do it uh for for your job or your career mm-hmm. where do you if you were to reflect back on that why do you think that happens because I, I believe that happens for a lot of people and that's what stops them from even building back in a creativity practice and then they just go throughout their days day in and day out doing the same thing over and over again uh with a little bit of variation so if you could reflect back on that like can you share a couple thoughts with us on why you think that might happen where like you placed prioritization towards school or other things, maybe that you didn't even care about uh, until you finally got back to where you want to do that, that lines with your soul. Yeah. I, I really like talking about that because yeah, that's something I'm passionate about because I think like a kind of default trajectory for human beings living in the world we do today is to, we start out with this, this ability to be infinitely creative. We have so many ideas. We explore so many different things. We're, we're, we just have that childlike sense of imagination and creativity and wonder. And I think as you grow older in this, the world we live in, it's kind of natural to become kind of jaded mm-hmm. um, with, and kind of let that faculty of your, your mind dwindle. And so I think one, I think the importance of practicing creativity to nurture it and to grow creatively is really important because 
it's just like anything in life. If you really dedicate time and work into something in your life, it'll grow like a muscle. And so I, I believe creativity is like that too. So I think we, if we do value um, being creative and just like the creative mindset is huge too, like how you perceive, perceive the world imaginatively mm. um, and creatively is really important. And I think that's to be valued as a human being. So I think nurturing that consciously is really important. So doing things that um, practice or doing practices that express your creativity and nurture it, especially as you grow older is really important because I think like in the world we live in, it's really easy to just become, get locked in a rut of just going through the motions of what we have to do to survive and being distracted by things like overly obsessed with social media or just distractions and so that's what my advice would be to people is um like anything in your life if you practice it with persistence and you work at something you're gonna grow there and i think creativity is one of those aspects of our lives that we can do that in and so for me going back to your original question mm -hmm. of how did i let that dwindle during college i just became I kind of just stuck in the routine of just um, it was good, but it was like a routine of like my studies and not really putting aside time when I had time to pursue creative things other than what I was doing in college. And so I kind of let that go. And like that, like a muscle, if you're not working on it, you know, it, it dies down quite a bit. So th that's what I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you, when we talk about like getting into a rut, uh, where people just feel like they just can't create. And so, and this is different for, for you, right? Cause you are creative uh, and you create every day and you practice it, but there has to probably be days where you may, may or may not feel like you're on your creative edge, right? You just don't feel like it, or I don't know, a bad day. Like we all have, do you have any type of practices you can share that kind of get you past that? Like actually like things that you do no matter what, uh, just to make sure that you keep uh, moving forward and you keep it going? Yeah, um, there's different things that help me out with that because I definitely do deal with that. And I know every creative person deals with the slumps as well. Sure. Um, I guess it's natural. So sometimes as a creative person, I being creative is a big part of my identity. And so when I'm not creating or thinking creatively, I kind of feel bad. Um, like a part is missing, but it's important to realize that's a natural ebb and flow of everybody's mind. That's that's an ebb and flow of any creative person's life. It happens. There's the writer's slumps. There's slumps for artists. But some things that help me personally is, um, for one, I'm a lot more creative at night for some reason. And so interesting. Um, so like trying to work on things or start things when it's later at night just works a lot better for me for whatever reason. Um, another thing is yeah. really don't be afraid to find inspiration from other people. Like don't go about just being a copycat and just doing whatever everybody else is doing, but to find inspiration from other sources and put your spin on it. So for example, with photography is if I'm feeling really um, uninspired, um, browsing through social media on with tags that I enjoy, like different forms of photography or art, um, I find inspiration there and I save those for later and I go back to them. 
And like I said, don't just be a lame copycat, but take inspiration from people around you because they have a lot to offer and then build off that with your own spin. Yes. Um, oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I have some more. I have some more. Sorry about that. Um, some other ways, I think, I think sometimes forcing yourself through motions can kickstart things. So even if you're not feeling creative um, and things just aren't happening, I think forcing yourself to sit down and work on something can, it, you know, you might feel so uninspired and it's a waste of time, but doing that sometimes can prompt you to start being a little more creative. Just mm. put, forcing yourself to go through the motions sometimes helps as well. Yeah. So just taking a step forward. Excellent. Yeah. So I want to talk about fear a little bit um, and fear in the aspect of when you go to do something, even if you're an expert at it. So let's say, uh, you know, light painting, you're, that's your specialty. But are there times when you are, you know, fearful of what you're about to create, or maybe you feel like it's not good? Uh, and how do you push through that? And the reason I bring that up is like, I think most people get to this point where if they get down a creative journey, they start and they start creating and then they either don't like it or somebody tells them that it's not good or they just they have this fear of what people will accept uh, that they're doing with their work and their value. And so how do you kind of bridge that gap if you experience that when you're going through your own creative projects? Um, I mean, for one, I'm definitely a perfectionist. So I'm working, <laughs> I'm working with that aspect as well, like the fear of not satisfying my own creative uh expectations yeah and so it's good and bad it's a two-edged sword for, for one being a perfectionist it's hard to ever accept something that actually is good and other people say is good as good you're always saying something could be better something could be better but at the same time perfectionism works in your favor because it pushes you to keep fine-tuning your craft and to realize there's places to improve and you work at improving those. So it's, it's kind of a, I don't know, it's a catch 22. Like you're never going to satisfy yourself because you're a perfectionist, but at the same time that forces you to keep growing and learning and trying different things and get better. So that's, that's one aspect of it. The other is like other people, other people's expectations and like, the idea that what you're creating won't be accepted by other people, it's not good enough, or you won't receive a good um, response to what you create. I th that's very natural. Like humans are social beings and we really want to be accepted by other people or whatever we create. But I think it's really important as an artist to like dive deep down into yourself and realize that what you're creating and the art you do is first and foremost for yourself. And so it's obviously you want to create stuff that other people can relate to and that they enjoy, but you're not creating for the sake of an audience. It's the audience of one that's really important is being creative is something you undergo that helps you, you grow as a human. It's important to be creative for creative individuals. It's a, it's a process or an action that fulfills them. And so I think first and foremost, you want to create art that fulfills you. And if by any chance that is accepted by other people or not, isn't really as relevant. It's, it's a great bonus, but I guess I've dealt with that too. Like with posting photography, some people might say that, 
you know, I really don't like this or this is terrible. And I just respond that, you know, I'm sorry, I'm, you know, I'm kind of sad that you feel that way, but I create art first and foremost to satisfy myself and how I want to do it. Yes. And that's what's ultimately important to me. Yeah, I mean, they say, and I know this is an adage for um, speakers, like public speaking, but, you know, most people are so consumed with themselves that they're mostly thinking about themselves, even if they're in the room with you or they're looking at your pictures or your content or your work. The yeah. very few people that value it show up to value it, share that with you, appreciate it with you, but then they move on to thinking yeah. about themselves again. And so if you just remind yourself of that, then everything becomes a little bit more simpler knowing that people yeah. care more about themselves than they do about you. <laughs> so yeah. um, it's, it's, so it's, easy. it's easy to get that impression. Like everybody's the spotlights on everything I do. Everybody has so many opinions about what I'm doing, but that's a good point as well to remind yourself about. Yeah. All right. So let's dig into what you're doing. So light painting, I've mentioned it a few times already, but we haven't really covered what that is. And you gave me a little bit of an intro before uh, we jumped on this this uh, recording, but share what light painting is and how that's a little different than photography and what you do with it. So just share a little bit about how you create that. Okay. So it's, it's a form of photography. Um, it's using a camera to take a photo, just like anybody else would. But one thing cameras can do is take long exposures. And so instead of just like holding up your camera and snapping, and it just takes the photo instantly, it's taking a photo over the duration of several seconds or even mm. minutes long. And so during that time, any movement that happens is kind of leaves a ghost trail, like a blur. And so when you do that at night, um, any lights or any sort of light you use creates a trail behind it. Um, and so that's basically what it is. Um, for practically, you want to use a tripod to keep your uh, you keep your camera really still, or else any movement like with your environment will be blurred as well. So I use a tripod. I also use a, what's called a remote shutter release, which allows you to have a little button and you take a photo away from your camera while you light paint in front of it. So it's just like a remote trigger that allows you to start and stop uh, your exposure without clicking it on the camera, um, which I need because I'm always in front of my camera doing various things with lights. Wow. Um, yeah, and so you can, you can be so creative and imaginative with what you use to light paint. Any source of light will work. So I had, I actually know somebody that they, their dog has a glow collar at night and they just took a photo of the dog running around and it left a blur wherever they ran because it's a source of light that's recorded as a trail. Okay. So I use, yeah, I use all kinds of various lights to do that and different techniques that you learn over time. How did you discover that? I, I know like there's probably something that, like you mentioned earlier that uh, inspired you or influenced you, but where do you go to learn that? How do you learn how to do that? Um, so one thing is the light painting community is sort of, it's still a smaller community, but the people in the community for the most part, with a few exceptions are very welcoming and helpful. Okay. So if you have questions like, you know, like for example, if people ask me questions about it, I am more than happy to share all my secrets and get them started on how to do light painting. And 
through my journey, I've had questions before and I've asked other people who like paint and they've been really happy to help me. But more than anything, it's just like being consumed by the passion for it and being determined to get better at it and just experimenting and experimenting with new techniques. And that's how I learned it really is taking the basic idea of what light painting is, the concept, and then just experimenting with like lots of different techniques and settings and various lights over time. And that's really how I got to where I am. Excellent, man. That's cool. So you're in Billings. Does Is most of the work that you guys do local then uh, because you want to be on site or do you travel uh, for photography as well? Yeah, we do travel. Um, okay. Most most of our stuff is in Billings, but we do travel to surrounding states occasionally for photography gigs. Yep. Okay, cool. And so just so our listeners know, in case they uh, want to reach out, what type of projects uh, do you work on? So they can think through like, yeah, that that's something that I need for my business or for my personal life or for an event, family get together, whatever. Um, what type of projects do you guys work on? Um, so my wife and I are the two person team that make up alienated productions. And we're sort of a jack of all trades. And where one person might be a little weaker at something, the other person compliments them and is stronger in that area. So we do weddings, we do portraits, we do events, we do boudoir, we do uh, light painting, landscapes, fine art, um, senior photos. So basically, there's very few things we don't do. I mean, real estate as well, we do that. So um, we're just a well-rounded team with having the both of us who both have done photography for a while. And we can basically take on any uh, photography project. Excellent, excellent, man. And so we'll make sure that we share uh, your website and your social handles uh, in the podcast link so people can reach you. Before we end today though, any takeaways or tips that we could offer that we haven't discussed yet that you think would help inspire somebody either to continue their creative journey or to just even get started? Uh, yeah, so a pretty big thing to me is the idea of, as you grow as an artist, I think the idea of humility and pride counterbalance mm. is really important. So growing up, I whenever people offered me compliments, I'd be like, no, no, that, that's not, it's not that good. I was, you know, that's how I was. I didn't accept compliments and I didn't feel very good about my work. But over time, I've came to the point where you don't want to be this person who has their head stuck up their behind and thinks everything they do is the greatest thing ever and they're better than others. But I think it's important to have like a realistic confidence and belief in what you do and what you create. So understanding that you have a lot of room to grow. You've come a long way though. And what you create is beautiful. And you can take that from feedback from other people, from your own perspective. But I think having a realistic self-confidence and at the same time being humble is really important because with humility, I think if you don't have humility, you kind of stunt your growth, growth as an artist because you don't realize that so many people or other creative individuals have so many things to offer you and you can learn from so many people. So realizing that what you do is great, but you have so much room to improve and that you can find inspiration and help 
from all the other people out there who have so much to offer. And just, I think that's really important. Um, just humbly going forward with, you know, confidence in what you do, but not being overly, you know, engrossed in your own ego as you go. And I think that's really important to grow as an artist as you continue your creative journey. Awesome, man. I love it. I actually was, I wrote a blog the other day about the uh, natural rhythm of giving and receiving because we are naturally okay with giving and seeing the satisfaction from somebody, but we're not very good with receiving sometimes, even yeah. when we do really good work, it, but it all is a natural rhythm. Like we, the universe needs us to give and receive equally uh, to share in that appreciation. So I love that you went there. Um, that's, that's an amazing. So well, thank you so much, Daniel, for being on the, the podcast. I uh, really enjoyed having you. Um, and uh, for all our listeners out there, thank you so much for following us. We will share the resources on how you can connect with Daniel. And uh, thank you for listening to the Bends, Breaks, and Blends that shape our future podcast. We'll see you next time. Thanks for having me.